welcome to Slayer Fest 98. I'm your host, Ian Carlos Crawford, and joining me is my lovely co-host, writer at menshealth.com. Philip Ellis, hello. Uh, great to be here again. Uh, and we are also joined by a very special guest today. He played Andrew on Buffy the Vampire Sledge. Want to introduce yourself? It's me, Thomas Lank of, Ameri- of America. <laughs> Hi, Tom. It's so good to have you. Hello, friends and uh, lovers. This is our second go because my computer froze. Um, I will say that Tom complimented both our hair in the other intro we did. Um, they both have lovely the record show. Yeah, <laughs> the record show. Well, first he, um, you, Ian, complimented me on my hair earlier, which is why I thought of complimenting um, both of your hairs. And because uh, you both have long, luscious locks, but Ian is forever hiding them from us. I'll, he grows it out only to hide it. Maybe I'll do a reveal at the end. Um, Tom, before we get started, uh, do you want to give us your Buffy origin of how you came to this role? Um, I got cast as a vampire in season five. I was one of Harmony's minions. And I guess they had a... Um, a rule that if you didn't show your face or whatever, I, I guess you could come back as a different character. So I auditioned for a couple other uh, characters on Buffy and Angel, and then I I booked this one. Jane, and, uh, um, what did Jane say? Jane Svensson said, I forget who it was. She mentioned a specific person that was there when you auditioned and that that person came back to the writer's room and was like, I found the guy. Like, that's not like they loved your audition so much that they changed Andrew to be more like you because they liked your audition so much. Yeah. The um, Oh, thank you, Jane. Um, <laughs> who's not here. She's, she's still, I mean, she's still with us. She's right, alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's alive and well and, and full of youth and vim and vigor. Um, Jane, I love you. Uh, yeah. I, the, um, it was actually, this role was written for someone else. It was written for, uh, it was for the person who played the role of Tucker on the show previously. Okay. okay. Uh, and I think he was in some sort of Christian touring, like performance group, like oh. rock, like a Christian, not rock band, but like a up with people sort of thing. And just wasn't available. Didn't want to come back and be a huge TV star. <laughs> Brad Kane. I just looked at Brad up. Kane, Brad Kane. Brad Kane, um, thanks for the gig. And so it was written for him and Adam Bush and Danny Strong as this trio of nerds who'd been on the show in other episodes, and they were bringing them back as the as this sort of um, evil trio for the season. Right. And uh, yes, Jane, they did tell me, well, yes, the, the, the writing was clearly like my character was kind of in charge, like was sort of the leader of the group, I guess you would oh, say. Really? Yeah, that was the way it was written, but my delivery, I mean, I, I Jane knows this, but I, I, I think the world, I don't know if I've told the world, but I basically was in a, um, I just, I loved Betty White, R.I.P., um, on Golden Girls, and I kind of just, like, liked saying the lines how Rose would say the lines, and so that's kind of how I was saying those lines when I auditioned, and so there was a bit of a, yeah, I just was, there was a bit of a rose filter. <laughs> oh, rosy colored glasses um, <laughs> that I would sort of <laughs> in my head do when I was, I don't know, that's, that was my starting point. And then, I don't know, 
I love that though. <laughs> a lot of it is just me. Um, cause, you know, it's so funny when people say, oh, look, he's doing Ander on this show. I'm like, I, no, I'm doing me. I'm me. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston's not doing Rachel on the morning show. She's just... <laughs> contemporary style of acting is you bring mostly yourself to each role. You know what I'm saying? Unless you're doing a transformative performance where you're like doing an accent and there's... You know, unless, you, unless you're dressing your... up as Tilda Swinton. Yes, which I have done. I am a transformative performer. <laughs> yeah, it's just so funny that you said you were playing it sort of the way that Rose would deliver those lines because Andrew, looking at it through that lens, is very much like the Rose of the group. He's arguably the sweetest and kind of most naive of the three and kind of going along with it rather than being like the, you know, the one with the most agency and being the leader. So it's just really, really interesting yes. that um, that dynamic absolutely then turned out being part of the show. Yeah, that's why I love the sort of just like slightly out of touch and there's always a positive spin. That's what Rose does. There's always like a positive, she always says something in sort of like a, even if it's horrible, it's just like this sort of wide-eyed, um, optimistic sort of vibe to it. Yeah. And also Rose was, was, um, I think the le- the one who was the, the least in touch with her, her own sexuality. And that's, um, I know there's been lots of discussion about the character being gay. And I think a lot of that, you know, initially was, well, just because at the time, like, you you don't, there's no, it's not at the time there, there wasn't a gay character unless it said it was gay. And uh, so I think that my initial thing was like, oh, this character is out of touch with his uh, sexuality and like, that's a whole I'm sorry that's a whole other podcast I won't I won't take us down that route (laughs) those I mean I haven't had like a here's a guarantee of of 10 episodes of television that you get to do I haven't had that since and um I mean what a gift and also what a gift this episode was like they don't you don't usually as a guest star get uh an episode a whole episode of television written for you and I will say on like you know, the top five things I'm most proud of in my career. This is definitely one of them Aww. just because it was so fun to do. And it was also very um, nerve wracking. And, you know, I just wanted it to, to be really good because it was, you know, such, you know, I just, just such a, a, a big responsibility to get to do, you know, I don't know. It was just, it was wonderful. <laughs> um how did they, how did, when did you find out that you were getting your own episode? Like, were you like, did they approach oh, you or? I can't remember. Was Danny's character already dead at this point? Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's what I remember that one. I remember that script. We were doing a convention in London and we were in a cab and they'd sent the top secret scripts over to us at the hotel. And, and it was the episode where I killed Danny and, and we always would do bullshit, bullshit. My like, you just like scan for your lines and he'd, he'd reached the end of his script. And I'm like, did you finish it? He said, yeah, yeah. I'm like, what about you might, did you read that one part? And he's like, huh? I'm like, maybe you should read it again. And then, and it was like, God damn it. Damn it. Um, and I felt horrible and I felt bad, but um, jokes on the rest of us because dad is strong. Has he eclipsed all of us with his career? <laughs> he has like he has an Emmy, right? Or it's been nominated. Got, I think more than one Emmy, multiple Writers Guild Awards. <laughs> um, but I love those guys. And also, um, also it was just like such an interesting time because like I spent the first maybe month and a half like not being out or like talking openly about being gay. 
with Danny and Adam, even though they were like, had become my friends, but it was just, it was still that point in time in which you, you had to like come out, like the, every person you would meet for the first time you had to essentially come out to. And, and it was sort of like, if you hadn't done it publicly in the press, you know, they were like, people sort of were tiptoeing around it. Yeah. Did you, did you come out to them while you were still working with them or no, not till later? No, no, I did eventually. I, I don't remember how I, uh, they were probably like sort of tiptoeing around the subject or something, or they were like, Oh, are you, do you, are you seeing anyone? Is there a person, you know, like they're doing that thing, yeah. which was very sweet. Um, and then I, <laughs> and, and then I said, probably like, Oh, I'm dating this guy. So-and-so. Yeah. Um, I think that was, I, I mean, it really is like, a, I think about that often because, you know, it's not like um, the three of us are that old, but I do think of that like back then, like when you're like 20 in your twenties and you kind of like use that language where you just like dance around saying a, a pronoun and like, even though it's people that probably are cool with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, to, to skirt around having to be fully, um, be fully yourself. Even though most people like got the hint, I feel like. Well, yeah, it's just like, I think humans in general, like clearly straight men have gaydar because of the number of times that just random awful straight men have yelled the F slur out the window at me just just from seeing me walk wearing a backpack or you know, like how how do they know so quickly upon driving by and not right. knowing like well sir your oh. gaydar is for a straight man you seem <laughs> like you're pretty in touch with gayness if you can tell if you can call me an, an F slur out the window upon just seeing me um i had pe teachers who knew i was gay before i did just oh, not the yeah. way i would run <laughs> <laughs> But Tom, let's uh, let's get into storyteller. Um, Jane told me that you came up with the the way Andrew says everything in this opening, the like pronunciation. Oh, the vampire. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because I mean, I'm just like the way people are obsessed with Buffy. I was obsessed with the things I was watching at the time, um, which was uh, and the things I was doing. I I was doing a um, a musical with friends at the time when I started. Uh, and it was a sh show where there was be like weekly guest stars every week that would come in and do a guest spot. And our, my friends in the show, my friend Leslie Margarita was also in the show. She's a big Broadway person. Yeah. Uh, now and sh uh, Olivia Way, Olivier Award winner in in London and for the West End. Um, and we were obsessed with. Oh, I know. Okay, who played the mayor? I want to say Harry. Yes. Um, so he came and did a number, and so we, the 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 people, the actors in the show, we got they we all started doing this, and they got in the habit of saying the Broadway and putting the emphasis on the the wrong syllable of the thing, and so we like, and from Broadway's production of because they would always list their credits when they would bring the actor out for this segment in the show. And so they, then whenever he, Harry came and did a couple, I think a couple weekends of it. And so they would say from Buffy the Vampire Slayer and it was all <laughs> just this running joke in between all of us in the show was saying it the wrong way. So I took that as a shout out to my friends from that and decided to say it like that. God, I've talked so much. Um, <laughs> that's where the vampire came from 
that's you know that's funny because i kept when i did the rewatch i was like oh i wonder if it was like a jenna maroney thing then i was like oh wait no jenna maroney was like after like this oh camera yeah (laughs) (laughs) you were jenna maroney before jenna maroney was a thing (laughs) i I was it's giving like a mix of Catherine o'hara and schitt's creek and then nigella lawson saying saying micro love oh my god wow i was i was doing the a Kath, Catherine O'Hara way before, oh wow, I feel so. It wasn't even, it wasn't even a vampire, but it was just when, um, when the camera pans to you and you're like, oh, hello, gentle viewer. <laughs> and it was giving me like the, the wine commercial, like just the, the sort oh of. Oh my um, God, I was totally the, fr- I was totally the fruit wine before fruit wine. Um, <laughs> Well, also, I was obsessed. I was obsessed with with, with Chimney Click at the time, which was Martin oh, yeah. Short's show, um, and so I was obsessed with it. And so that's sort of where the like that come with me. Like I was obsessed with doing really bad acting and like super out of touch with your physical body acting. And so come come with me now. Like like. <laughs> Like super awkward, come with me now. And I feel like, like that's a very good like description of it, like out of touch with your own body, like <laughs> which is me because like I I have I have some dance training and I am a musical theater person and I have had to dance and shows and whatnot and then like I'll watch the tape back of me doing the dance where I'm like I'm hitting it I'm doing it I'm nailing it and it's just like Muppet Kermit arms <laughs> just. Uh, you do have some Broadway background, uh, Mr. Starred in Rock of Ages. Yeah, I did a Broadway show. Um, but I went to school. I, I did it in school. I was That was my whole focus. I was in a musical theater program. Whatever, at UCLA. Yeah, no, that was all leading to, I just, I love props and I love doing weird stuff and getting involved. Like, I don't think people, like, other actors aren't like, um, can I have this, this and that for my prop? And like, there was a pipe and so I needed to like awkwardly smoke on it. And I wanted to like, I don't know. I just had a lot of, I wanted to milk every moment. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Jane also told me that you both have a writer's credit for the, like, we are as gods. I should talk to her about that because I think I forgot to sign the paper. Yes, and so she... then I never got my residuals. <laughs> That's that. what so she said. I... <laughs> she was like, Tom never how signed I... the paper. <laughs> Jane said you have, I, I don't understand. How do you have singing? How do you have like song credits for the We Are As Gods? Was that like, how does that work? Because she, well, she wrote the words and they're like, just like, just like sing a random whatever. And I think at first I tried to do, I think I tried to do We Are As Gods, We Are As Gods, We Are As Gods, We Are As Gods, We Are As Poor Wandering one, ha, 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 ha. that's from um, Pirates of Penzance. Um, poor make me sing. Don't make me sing. <laughs> uh, and I think I was doing that because I'm like, oh, it's um, it's public domain, so we could use it if we wanted to. And then they're like, no, it's too melodic. Just like, just like do whatever. And so I just was doing whatever. I was just improvising. They didn't want it to sound too much like a song, so I didn't want to get in trouble. Also, um, one time in the episode where I said. Uh, Faith stole one of my hot pockets. I said, Faith stole one of my hot pockets. And they made me go in and uh, record over it and not sing because. Wait, like, really? Hey. Yeah. So is that from an ad over there? Yeah, that was the commercials. Hot pockets. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. And so they were like, you can't do that. 
And I'm like, Hot Pockets would love the free advertise. They they would love it. Yeah, yeah. That that's funny because Tom, were you a Thirty Rock gay? Did you watch Thirty Rock? Yes. So yes. remember that episode All where like where uh, Liz and um, Tracy Morgan. Yes. It wasn't Tracy, right? Or was it? Yeah, Tracy Tracy. Jordan. Yeah, Tracy Jordan. Yeah, yeah. When they're like singing, so that way they can't film them, and they're like singing to the tune of like Uptown yeah. Girl. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Oh God, I love that show. Yeah. <laughs> I think I watched Thirty Rock the way people, the way you watch Buffy, because I was like, Liz Lemon is my, she's me, she, I love her, I, she's my best friend. I'm also attracted to her I, I, there were so many levels of i want to be her i want to be tina fey i love tina fey she's so beautiful i love her i'm questioning my own sexuality she's amazing when, when i, I to meet her when i was doing busy tonight and we did an episode i did an episode where she was on it and she was the nicest person <laughs> so nice to me when i when i worked at the <sighs> barnes and noble on the upper west side in new york she was a regular weirdly it was like towards the end of 30 rock the whole cast lived in that area so all of them were regulars but she of course you know i i also felt the same way about liz lemon that you did and i was like i was a, a supervisor so one of the days when she came in i had been like the only person who hadn't interacted with her like i just saw her from afar i was like when she comes up to registers I mean it. None of you ring her up. I ring her up. And I made them all step back. So when she came in line and, you know, it's a New York store. So there's like a bunch of cashiers. Everyone was like, all right. And like, just looked at me and I was like, can I help the next customer? And literally we said three words to each other, but I was ecstatic. (laughs) What made my day. Oh, just to get to meet your, right. It's so nice. And like, I don't know. Isn't it nice? You just get to. mm. Yeah. Um, Tom, tell us what, uh, what was one of your favorite parts of this episode, like filming wise or even just like writing wise? Obviously the sitting in the chair, talking to the camera. Also, cause I love them. I loved, I was obsessed with Christopher Guest movies. Um, and like waiting for Guffman kind of was the thing that made me realize, wait, wait, acting. You, it's just like you're talking and it's just, it seems like you're not acting. It was kind of the first time I had that realization. So I just loved I love the stuff where I got to like talk to the camera and whatever that style of acting is where, I don't know. I just, it was so fun. I loved the unicorn stuff where we were filming outside in Agora Hills um, <laughs> in those togas. <laughs> I don't know. I love that line that um, Emma said that, why can't you just masturbate like the rest of us? That whole thing <laughs> on the toilet was fun. That was such a fun cold open, right? Cause why can't you just masturbate like the rest of us? And I look at her and then, <laughs> right? Is that how it happened? Yeah, that's actually my favorite part of the episode. Yeah. We, so we, we, when we were um, recording to discuss the episode yesterday, um, I kind of had to call particular attention to how it's the last great masturbation joke in Buffy because they have quite a few, but it's <laughs> the most just like, it's not even a joke. It's just, it's just her saying the word masturbation and then like an awkward silence and then it cuts to the credits and it just works so perfectly. (laughs) Isn't it so good? God damn it. You and Emma had great chemistry together. Like you guys, I felt like I wish there was Andrew and Anya got like a zillion more scenes together. Uh, Well, she's, we we did. And we just had so much fun in general filming. I was just such, I I hadn't been, uh, uh, I hadn't been watching the show before I was on it. But then when I, started to watch it as as I was filming, just like being like, oh wow, this person's my friend, but also, oh my God, she's so 
funny <laughs> um and so good uh i mean okay so obviously so much of what andrew brought to the show was that levity and the humor and sort of that the guilelessness that you know the, the the rose quality that you mentioned earlier um and this is maybe one of the first instances where you we get to see the much more like serious side where he kind of finally you know admits what he's done and he's not just like narrativizing and making really really funny jokes um so what was that like kind of doing the much more serious dramatic side towards the end of the episode especially in like that final scene where you just sort of it's so stripped back um the they swapped scenes on us and all of a sudden we were filming that last scene where uh, i'm crying over the what is it, the whole the 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 for the hellmouth hell hole the hellmouth hell hole <laughs> hellmouth jesus um, christ <laughs> <laughs> and uh i was slightly panicked because uh i hadn't learned the, the lines for that scene yet and uh, i like sarah michelle geller who can just like look at it and then knows it uh but she came in and she said okay you've swapped scenes on us and we're gonna block it and we're gonna try it but if tom's not comfortable doing this because this is a big important moment uh if he doesn't feel comfortable or ready um we're not we're not doing it and i was like <laughs> thank you um so that was very cool that was a very cool thing of her to do because as a guest star you are i mean i've been there long enough at that point but a lot of times as a guest star you're just like not um yeah. they don't they don't give a shit if you're ready yeah <laughs> they just expect like you better be ready to say your line at any moment. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so that was cool. And and I've since figured out how to uh, make myself cry on stage when I'm doing the Tilda Swinton play. Um, but I had not figured it out. And so I was just like, blow the, blow the menthol in my eyes. <laughs> just blow it in there and make me cry. So I just was like, I was very nervous about that. Um, looking real and wanting to be good in in our recording everyone uh complimented your range tom i will say in our like our range best. thank you <laughs> I, I i can't watch it obviously i haven't watched it in a long time because who wants to watch i'm like what's his name i'm like adam driver don't play me my clips i don't want to hear any of my clips i can't stand the sound of my own voice if you play me a clip i will leave the room um <laughs> But I did. I did have a party. Too. I did um, invite all my friends, and went to a, a bar that had like a big like screen that came down, and wa we watched the episode live Aww. on TV that night. And that was very that was fun. Oh, that's so cool. That must have been a lot of fun. It was. I know. I was so proud of it. I still I'm proud of it. Um, just because also like I always think like oh gosh, if I had been straight, I would have been. I would have been given my own, not my, not a spin up, but like this would have been enough to, here's a show, here's your own show, sir. Or yeah, you know, like yeah. the fact that a uh, network television show was like giving that much um, responsibility to a guest star, that's unheard of. And so I, th I think if it were now, it would have, it would have been, um, you know, a big launching point for someone. But I think back then it was just like the show was, I mean, we have to we have to remember like this was not a highly rated show because the Nielsen ratings were obviously not measuring the amount of people that were actually watching it. It was low budget technically, and um, 
because it was already, you know, like people, Hollywood, the people that are like actively casting and producing Hollywood stuff, like they all watch the first season of like when it's in the zeitgeist, like when something comes right. out, it's like, oh, okay, that person's on it. But as far as they know, six, seven seasons in, it's still just the people that started there. So it's not, it's not like it was uh, being recognized by, you know, I feel like Entertainment Weekly, though, always recognized it. That was like, I felt like they were always writing about Buffy. It did. Well, I mean, it's what it was. It was a cult, it was yeah. a cult hit, right? Um, and so, but it just wasn't being acknowledged, obviously, by the, for the, critically. Um, it should have been, I mean. Yeah. That Sarah deserved the an bo- Emmy. The body deserved an Emmy. Sarah should have been nominated. Um, so, but also I think it's because at the end of the day, it was also, it was about, you know, monsters and there was yeah. special effects and it was funny and dramatic. So it was, it, I think it just was a very singular thing at the time. And it was um, obviously paved the way for a lot of shows like it that are on now, but yeah. um, um, that, I hope that doesn't sound like sour grapes. I'm just saying like uh, it was an amazing opportunity to have. And, and because, you know, uh, you're just not like, I haven't had something that like that role since because it just it's not being written yeah um something like that so anyway it is it is funny like i mean we've been friends for a while uh getting to know you how much of like i could see and when i talked to jane she did say you know she wrote a lot of and like you said she said like wrote a lot of like ooh, tom will be good delivering this and like getting to know you i can see like when i rewatch the episodes i can be like oh that's that's like that's tom and like i know that like you're not into nerdy shit. So like you didn't know a lot of the nerdy references. Right. And I, I think about that a lot when I rewatch, especially for the podcast, I'm like, what did he think he was saying in this scene? Like, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, a lot of times they did have to explain it to us. The thing is we're ner- we were obviously the three of us are nerdy about other things. Yeah. But like, I just remember there, I had a line that was like, I'm bored. Episode one bored. And I couldn't, I was like, oh, wow, that's so like meta that they're, do do the characters know they're in a TV show now? Like, (laughs) and is he saying like he's bored by the first episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I didn't know that it was Star Wars. So funny. (laughs) Yeah, it was a Star Wars reference. And I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) So yeah, there's, there's definitely things, but like, uh, but also, like, I'm not, um, I think because as get, coming up doing guest stars and whatnot, which is different than, like, you know, you, someone just landing their first gig and it's a series regular, you, like, I was just used to have working for it. It's like going on a date with me. Like, I'm not, I don't just sit there. Like, I work for it. Like, I'm going to be interesting. I'm going to talk. I'm going to ask you questions. I'm going to be a good conversationalist. So it's like, oh, yeah, I'm not just going to say the line. Cause you're so used to, you go to a table read and the actors are like, just like mumble, mumble, mumble. And like, I'm used to like, okay, what, what can I bring to it? What can I add to it? And so I just, and I still try to do that. Um, sometimes there's no rescuing or saving a script. Even when you're, you're like, ah, there's nothing I can add to this. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I love trying to, um, you know, obviously there's so much funny that words written there in the lines. And then I'm like, okay, but also what can I, what quote unquote character work can I do to, um, to add, <laughs> add more, get some more laughs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I did notice, uh, so as we've been going through season seven for the podcast, 
you, your character, Andrew and Kennedy are the only ones that don't come in and out. Like you guys are in every episode and every other guest star, including Giles, slip in and out of episodes from episode to episode. And you two are the only two that are in every one, starting with the first episode you're in that season. Oh, really? I thought, mm-hmm. mm, okay, okay. Well, I guess because I was trapped at the house, right? Also, that felt very cool. I remember being like, "Oh my god, I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the group. I'm in, I'm, I'm on the, sh- I'm, I'm a series regular. I'm not, I'm not being paid as a series regular. I'm not being credited as one. But I will be lying on my resume and saying that I was one because, because um, I feel like it. I'm part of the Scooby Gang now. I feel like it. Um, I mean, I feel like if you've been tied to a chair for longer than like four episodes, you're that just makes you like, yeah, you're you're part of the gang now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like a common little life thing. Kamala wife. Oh my god, I'm Buffy's Kamala wife. That's cute. <laughs> um. So what was it? So I do. I did like hearing about uh you with Sarah. What was that like? Like having to? Were you nervous? Because she's a. I, and from what you've said, from what everyone has said, she was very good at just like looking and getting it and nailing it right away. Were you like super nervous to like have to do like more acting, capital A, with her in a scene with her alone? Um, no, I, cause we'd worked a lot together at that point and, um, I got to be friends with her and, but it was interesting because like my, it just was always sort of, sort of separate with her, like uh, for like the season six, like we were right. very separated from the rest of the cast, but then I think she was kind of one of the first ones that we started actually having more interaction. Um, I don't know. It just, it was, um, yeah, you want to be, the thing is like, you want to be as good as she is and you don't want to fuck up a line. Like I, I mean, I had anxiety to be like, Oh my God, please don't forget <laughs> my lines because, um, because she, this person has way more responsibility than me and she never forgets a line. <laughs> um, did you keep Did you keep anything from this episode or from filming? They like, at the, when the season was, when the show was wrapping, they came, they swooped in and they're like, took everything from us because then they like shredded it and turned it into um, trading cards. Oh, right. Yes. Like, I remember those cards. <laughs> so yeah, no, we didn't get to keep, I'm trying to think if I got to keep anything. Maybe I kept those Clarks shoot. No, I think I bought my own pair that were like that. Yeah. They wouldn't let us keep anything. Um, at least the guest stars. I don't know about the other people. Um, but I did just find at my parents' house, the Buffy like messenger bag that was like a, 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 a wrap, not a wrap gift, but maybe it was a wrap gift. Hmm. I found two Buffy, Buffy warming coats that they just like give you as for like, you know, when you're cold or filming it in the middle of the night and it has whatever. And the Buffy messenger bag, um, I'm trying to think. Oh, and I have a Buffy. The wrap gift was a wa- was a, an, a fancy Swiss watch with an engraving on the back was about Buffy. I still oh, have cute. those. Cute, cute. Um, do you want them? What do I do? What do? Would yes. it be weird if I'm just because I saw the messenger bag and I'm like, oh, I, could, I wonder if I could wear that ironically now. Would that would, the, would that seem cool? I feel like that would be your nightmare though, because then like people would be going up to you to talk and want to talk Buffy with you, and like maybe either think you were a fan or immediately be like, ah, Andrew, oh my god. <laughs> but maybe you would oh, like that, that. Would be mortifying when they're like, oh, cool bag, we're get it, and I'm like. Yeah, this does this recognize like no, no, 
<laughs> you know, people, I mean, I'm in Los Angeles. No one's stopping me on the street for, for that. Um, I do remember so I you were stopped. Fine. You were stopped the one time we went out together. Like, uh, I think one of the like, servers stopped you. Well, yeah, that's true. Sometimes I do. I mean, it, I, that was a while ago. That just doesn't happen anymore. Fair, fair. I don't know if I told you. Which I is had, fine. I don't. I had someone, and, and you know, it's me. When I visited New York in July, uh, um, a woman stopped me on the street and was like, this is crazy, but do you host Slayer Fest 98, it's a Buffy podcast? And I was like, <laughs> like made my life. She stopped me on Ninth Avenue and I, I told her she had a free pass to all any live shows we do, she would get in for free. Oh, <laughs> wasn't it fun? I will say like, uh, it is fun to get recognized for the thing that you're like, that's your thing that you're passionate yeah, yeah. about. So I remember when I was, when my Instagram took off and I was still doing all the garbage outfits, that was cool when people would come, um, oh, oh my gosh, I love what you're doing. And it's like, oh, thank you. It's not just this thing from 20 years ago. And I, cause I've told you this before, like sometimes I can tell when I'm like, they don't care about me. I am just the closest thing to the thing that they actually like, which is the show slash Sarah Michelle Geller. <laughs> and so that that's fun when it's like the thing that you're, um, I don't know. They're yeah. like, oh, this came from me. And like, this was my project that I did. Like that, that was cool. I mean, it, I, so I don't mind when people come up to me from, from, but like, I should be so lucky. We should all be so lucky to be on a thing that people enjoy <laughs> and recognize us from. I, I've told this story before on the podcast, but when Kali Rosha uh, came into that, that Barnes and Noble that I worked at where I met Tina Fey and I, I'm like ringing her up and I'm like, this woman is very familiar. Does she work at my school? Like the, the voice is so familiar. Um, and then I looked up her membership card and I saw her name and like, you know, like I said, I run up Tina Fey. I was very good at being like, this is a celebrity, whatever, but like inside excited. And I was just like, oh my God, you were on Buffy. And she was very excited. She was like, you know, you just made my day. She was like, I walk around this town thinking, what the fuck am I doing in my life? And then you recognizing me really made my day. I was like, oh, cool. I'm Aww. sorry. I don't normally do that. Um, but it just like popped in my head. I was like, oh, that's how I know her from. I have the reverse of that story where, um, you know, like the exact thing where you, you see somebody who is famous or familiar, but like out of the context that you know them from. And so you do just assume that you know them in real life, but you can't place where. And I remember I was working at a conference in France, maybe like five years ago. And uh, I, was, I worked for a big, big ad agency at the time. And so they had like a big guest speaker coming in. And it was like a big, big deal. Um, and so I'm just like grabbing a coffee um, in, this, um, in this place. And a woman walks in and she is instantly familiar. And I've worked for this company for a few years. So I was like, oh, was she here last year? Or have I been on like a call with her or something? And I was like, oh, hey, like, it's really good to see you again. Um, just like not realizing it. And then the second she spoke, I was like, holy fuck, that is Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> <laughs> and she was our guest speaker because she was talking about online shaming and that was like the big topic of the conference that year and i was just like oh hey yeah, it's really good to see you again like as if you know you know she's you know, like been on the news on and off for the last like 20 years <laughs> i i've done it too in the early 2000s early 2000s in new york um i was at a bar with my friends we just my friends were all in uh the musical not my all my my friend my friend was in footloose on Broadway. And so I got to know her friends. Anyway, we were out with all these people um, and Julia Stiles was out with us. And I was, I said, Oh my gosh, are, do, are you from LA? And she said, no, I'm like, no, I feel like 
We did it. Didn't we do a gum commercial together where we had to like make oh, out? No. She's like, no. And she hadn't become super famous yet. So, um, but it did hit me um, about an hour later who it was. And I was like, oh my God, I feel so stupid. <laughs> did we do a gum so commercial stupid. together? I love that. <laughs> what was your favorite outfit you got to wear in this episode? Because you wore a lot of ridiculous outfits, I feel like. I don't even remember. Can you name some? There was the toga. There was the 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 lab outfit. The lab when you're in like the scientist. There's the robe, um, and there's your uh, like very '90s, early 2000s like track jacket. '90s. It was 2003. 2000. Yes, early 2000s. <laughs> um, I think I love that. I definitely love that smoking jacket. That was fun. That's my favorite. <laughs> it does look outfit. like. I, I love that you guys had like a whole set just for that little opening. Like it's like a whole new. Oh my God, with the burning fireplace and oh God, that was so cool. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. The toga was fun. I remember the sound guy yelling at us. Like we kept messing up or like we were just like crashing into each other while we were dancing and playing lutes and things. And the sound guy was such a jerk. He was like, hurry up, man, you're hosing us we're cold out here and i'm like i'm the one wearing a dress with no <laughs> with nothing covering my legs chill the fuck out bro um oh straight men are the worst um I'm trying to think if there's any good like stories from this i should have rewatched i should have watched it and then i could have t- had memories Fled to the surface. Tom has been very insistent on coming on to talk about this episode for like a good year. You were like, did you do it without me? And I told you I didn't. Yeah, no, I was going to be offended if you didn't ask me. Of all the ones to ask me to do, you're not going to ask me to do this one? I will be offended. <laughs> of course, I would ask you on for your starring role. And then I don't remember anything. Well, it's just like, it. I don't know. It would be weird if I just sat around watching my old shows wouldn't it to be fair i don't even listen to my own podcast episodes like where the like horror podcast i do is all on video and i like hate watching myself so and i'm not even an actor That's why, just do, me we, why me. do we do it why do we do it though if we hate watch i mean i've gotten used to myself um because i have to edit i'm constantly right. editing videos to put on the interwebs yeah um so I have, i've had to get used to it but at least I'm in control of how I look and sound when I'm editing. So that's maybe the fun, the good part. Cause yeah. anytime I'm embarrassed, I'm like, mm. okay, cut that part. Yeah. And you just like redo it if you want. Philip, yeah. how do you, how do you handle yourself on, on film, on cam- camera? Um, I mean, I am not really on camera too much. Um, everything I do is either audio or written, but it's like transcribing my own um, interviews is painful to me. It's excruciating. So I, I've now just, I, I pay a, a service to like have a robot do it for me. <laughs> that, I will say that's one thing yes. I like about writing for Logo is that they have a transcription. So like if I've done an interview, I just send it to them and they put it into their transcription and then send it back. Do we think straight men judge their own voices as harshly as we do? Right, I don't think oh, so. 100% not. No, no. I'm always like, why, why do you sound so nasal? Why do you talk through your nose? Why, why do you sound like that? You don't sound like that. What are you doing? Like the entire time. It's horrible. And then I'm like, why, why do you say like so much? Why are you saying mm, If I so say much? like one more time, Thomas, if you... <laughs> I, I actively try to... Because to, I will... I, the things I say the most are, I was all... And which, when you say quickly, it just it sounds like I saw, I saw, 
That's all. <laughs> and then I end up, and then I listen back and I think, oh God, you just sound like a Valley girl from the eighties. What are you? So I try to say, I said, or I went like, I, I'm trying there. I'm saying like, again, it's just, it's hard. It's so hard. I think it's the inner, um, our own inner, um, femme shaming of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've that, gotten that surfaces when you have to, um, hear your, hear your own voice. I literally, some of the negative reviews for this podcast are, he talks like a Valley girl. He says like too much. I'm like all of my insecurities recently. Someone said I was too gay to watch on video and it was a gay person saying that. Oh, well that's their, that's their own homophobia coming to the, um, yeah. Yeah, they sound perfectly normal and fine. <laughs> I just wish I had like a moment of like, well, you didn't see this, but it was really that. Um, the the moment when Andrew is filming everyone at breakfast. Tell us about that. And like Buffy gets to like telenovela, like, you know, wind in her hair, oh, spiked shirtless. Oh, that's in this episode. Oh, God. I, that was fun because I feel like they hadn't had moments when they were... I mean, had they had a lot of dream sequence mo- moments uh, on that show? They had, like, but not ones like that, right, Philip? Like, this was, Where like, they were, more... like, looking to the camera? Yeah, no. That was fun because it was just, like, glamour, shoot, the, the fan blowing. Um, and, like, obviously they didn't need me for those moments because um, they were just filming her. But I think I was there saying my lines off camera just so they could have it. Oh, God, that was a, that was a fun scene. I mouth I'm sorry to to Amanda, I think oh. it is. <laughs> uh, Sarah Hagen. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, not you. And then I yeah. go, I did add that. I added the sorry. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That was just all so fun. That's the thing is like, I, all of it was just so fun to be filming because you're like, oh my gosh, I, I can't believe I'm getting to do this. Um, I was going to say, Andrew also Andy Cohen's uh, Anya and Xander when like uh, your character sits them down and is like, so you left Anya at the altar a year ago. What was that like? I do love that. I felt like you were like Andy Cohen before Andy Cohen. I know I was being a full on marriage counselor. I also do the same thing in real life. I love to like be armchair therapist to people. So, um, (laughs) and then later you're mouthing, you're like watching it and your character's mouthing the words that Anya is saying. And I thought that was very cute. Oh my gosh. I'm like pre TikTok. Yeah. TikTok. (laughs) Okay, did you guys did you guys see the okay, here's what I want to say. Did you guys see the movie The Eternals? Yeah. Well, I thought that movie was definitely um a bunch of different things. Like it definitely reminded me of like is this Peter Pan meets an episode of Ancient Aliens meets like there was one shot that looked directly from Cabin in the Woods with the giant sorry, spoilers. Should, do I have to say spoiler alert? No. For Eternals, it's you've fine. already talked about it on the show. Which is like the giant hand. I'm like, that looks straight out of Kevin in the Woods. Did that not I remind you of that? Same thing. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. you you had to have someone on this movie that saw that movie and said that shot is a direct lift. But also, I felt like, um, what's the character? King Kingo. Kingo, yeah. Is that the name King- of the character? Kingo. Yeah. yeah. I thought, oh wow, they directly stole this from me. They directly oh, oh my goodness, right. He was You're fully so talking right. to the camera. Yeah. It was such a direct lift <laughs> from this episode. Um, and so maybe the writer's director, maybe they watched. 
But I just my feeling is if you're gonna if you're gonna steal, like bring let me come be a part of I it. I was I was gonna say Tom liked in the MCU when <laughs> you deserve. Oh gosh, I got so close on a big secret MCU. I remember you I remember you telling me like a little bit, but <laughs> and I didn't know what it was until I was basically until it I didn't get it. Then they're like, it was for this. And I'm like, <laughs> um, but that's the weird thing about, and like other people have talked about, it, like you're just sending in a tape and you have no idea if it's for a lead or just some random thing, you know? And they like never tell you what the project is, right? When you like audition for no. stuff like that. Yeah. Undisclosed MCU and you sign an NDA. A friend who's a writer, like had like to, whatever writers do for to get on shows and they wouldn't even tell him what show that was. But he like, was like, I think I've put it together with like what show was announced in the works and blah, blah, blah. But like, I couldn't even believe for like writing, they don't even tell you, which seems important, but I guess not. That's why when people send the scripts for things, I'm like, I'm not good. You think I'm, you think I'm going to read this? Do you know how many auditions <laughs> we do when they're like, it's secret. We're not telling you what it is. It's like, you have all the information you need right there in that scene. Go. I don't need, my character doesn't, my character hasn't read the script. My character doesn't know the other things that are happening. So I'm not wasting my time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, I wanted to point out, Andrew kind of was like, I mean, I said this before, like gay Twitter, like influencer almost before that was even a thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was a vlogger before vlogging existed. Um yeah, what was he going to do with this m movie that he was making? Right, because YouTube, I don't think, was a thing yet. Like, I think it was like... It was not. It yeah. was, I think it was still baby YouTube. Where, like, anything um, went and movies were there. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like, what? Oh, I know details. Uh, you know, a lot of times it's, like, me holding the camera. And they had a, like, a, like a digital video camera, whatever the time, I think I can't remember what, what kind it was separate from the camera camera. So sometimes they would give me that, but I wasn't allowed to record myself. Even when it looks like I'm holding the camera, there is a cameraman behind oh, that really? camera holding it. And I'm just like placing my hand sort of gently on it because of the union rules. They're not like you weren't, and maybe they've changed it now. Um, but I was not allowed to, film myself or hold hold the camera so then you're because you, you're weird? doing another job i guess right is that what it is yeah yeah huh, huh. that is weird so it was all smoke and mirrors <laughs> so even when like so like in the scene if there's coverage of me like recording with the camera like couldn't actually i don't think they were actually pressing record on that camera because they could have just used that mm. for any of the footage like if they then had to go then into the camera then they had to film that separately um huh. and I, I think sometimes they were filming it with the regular fancy camera and then putting like a whatever filter. over yeah, it to, that makes to sense. make it look like oh i is, do i do the drawings on the on the yeah. board in this episode yes you have the big board and you're like zoom, where it, where it looks like you're like zooming in on yourself and you look very proud of like the illustrations that you've done on the whiteboard well i am i'm a bit of an artsy craftsy person so they were going to draw usually when stuff like that happens, the prop department draws it for you or writes the stuff out for you. But I said, well, I'm going to, I feel like I'm, if I'm going to, I want to be drawing it while I'm doing it. So, um, so I should draw the whole thing so that it's consistent. And so I got to like, so I drew all the stuff. Um, <laughs> I love that you drew and it. It was my, like 
the little vampire, the way the vampire faces are on the thing was, you know, how I wanted it to look and stuff. So it was definitely me. I wonder if I was just trying to be controlling back then. I don't think so. I just was like <laughs> trying to do as much as I po- like make like make the most of every. Um, um, I gotta say, there's I highly doubt you would be controlling because I've talked to a lot of Buffy folks, and you seem to be the one that everyone loves. Everyone has such nice things to say about you. Oh, good. Well, also I was paranoid of you know getting fired at any time, so that will that'll keep you being nice and friendly. Like, hi everyone. Like, uh, um, there was I was there were some people pleasing at that moment in time um, that I was doing, but yeah, such an honor. Thank you to the Buffy writers, um, especially Jane. But I know lots of them contributed to this episode. So Jane, Jane truly is a delight. She's been on a bunch of times, and she's always like so. She's also like. She remembers shit so well from like these episodes. Well, I mean, obviously Jane is like a mad genius. Like she's has a prolific writing career. Like (laughs) it's kind of insane. The number of shows that she's written on. She has all her scripts on her computer. So like, usually when we're talking, I'll hear her typing and she'll be like, Oh, and the script it originally said this or like, Oh, it said this, right? What? I I can't remember. I can't remember. Cause I feel like the script's, I kept, I think, one of this script, and I feel like it does have written out vampire spelled v, lowercase v-a-m hyphen p-y-r-e. Maybe I they can't remember if that's because then it got revised as we were doing it, and they and I'd already said the first bit, and then they added that in? Because I know it was my idea to say it like that, but maybe they spelled it. And Jane did say it was your idea. I don't, so I don't know why, I don't know how it's now gotten typed into the script, though, was mm. the thing. Mm. Interessant. Tom, did you ever, when there's the action scene happening in front of you, I feel like, you know, Andrew didn't do a lot of action until the finale. You do get to do a little um, action-y scenes. What was that like? Just like being there in the action scenes, but not like, just like, well, I'm watching this. Yeah. Was I filming them? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's weird because so much, it's a stunt person. And so is it like a hundred different takes like with Sarah and then with the stunt person, or they just kind of like interchange that shit. At that point they had it down. Like they do a couple takes with the stunt person and they move on and bring her in. Um, also in the, in stuff like that, like you're basically an extra in that scene and you're like, Oh, when's the part when I get to talk? Um, <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot about that stuff. The thing is like, I feel like my memories are more influenced by what was happening. Like, at lunch that day or in my trailer or <laughs> I mean that tracks uh okay so a lot of people have pointed out who've been listening to the podcast uh this season Andrew has very good chemistry with both Xander and Spike care to elaborate <laughs> well okay so the, I guess I touched on that topic a little bit earlier I think because when I got hired I'm like oh I'm I'm we're all in love with Buffy we want to kill her but we also Right. Love whatever. her or attracted yeah. to her, I guess. Um, so that's where I started the character. And then like, I think a lot of the, the debate, uh, there's a lot of like, I think there was projection because of, you know, of who, depending on who's watching. And if you're like, Oh, there's a, I can tell that that actor is gay. So there's that. Um, but cause I always thought like, I think, okay. So for many years, the conversation has been it like, Oh, he was, he was gay. Right. Um, but now looking back, I'm like, or was he, was he pan or was he like, cause he seems very attracted to, he seems like he wants to be like them. It's like that sort of like 
comic book nerd thing of like, oh, I, like the way straight men like comic book characters. Like, well, yeah. so are you attracted to them in that muscle muscle suit, right? <laughs> a small part of you is probably, right? But it's mostly you want to be like them. You idolize them. So there's that vibe. Plus there's like sight attraction there. And like, um, is Andrew attracted to Buffy the way I'm attracted sometimes to Liz Lemon and like, some confusing thing you know i just think he was com- he definitely was out of touch with his sexuality yeah. still at this that. point and i think like looking at like any like real life um sort of person that does something horrible like i mean there's all that talk about um danny's episode with the guns how that like didn't come out till what, a year later because yeah of uh the stuff that happened here in reality. So like the reality of those things are those, those type of like straight white men with these weapons that are trying to hurt people. Right. They have, you know, maybe they have no friends. They are out of, maybe they're out of touch with themselves sexually. I don't know. There's, you could put any of that. I don't want to say it's that. I'm just saying like one could draw parallels to that type of thing. Well, am I going too deep here? Am I going to get in trouble? I don't know. There's no, no, no. no right answer. By the way, there's no right answer. I'm going to hurt someone's feelings with all of this. Um, but do you think, don't you think he, because I feel like he he was into them, but also he's into the girls as well. I feel but like is that he's- that the way we watch Yellow Jackets? Yes. Or, I feel like you know he's into saying? the girls the way like, the way people like Philip and I, when we were younger, watched Buffy, where it's like, because like there is a, there's a bit earlier in season seven where, Andrew says to Xander something like, how long have you been following Buffy? And he's like, I'm not following her. She's my friend. And Andrew says like, she seems like a great leader. She has very shiny hair. And I feel like that's very much how a gay man would describe Buffy where like a man who's attracted to her is like, Ooh, she's hot. But like a gay man would be like, Ooh, her hair is great. Like, and that's what I think of Buffy, you know? Well, that's the thing though, is that is at the time I was like, Oh, I'm, I was under the impression that my character was straight. Mm-hmm. And also like as a gay person, you're like, I want to be able to do, I want to be able to have range. Right. right I want right. to be able to play more than one thing. So, um, and also there was only one gay writer. I don't know if we can credit, maybe we can credit um, <laughs> Drew, uh, Drew Greenberg, <laughs> shiny hairline. But I feel like that was actually, a Drew Goddard line, maybe? I, I can't remember. Hmm. But so it's definitely, and Jane's, a, a, I think, identifies as a straight woman. Yeah. Um, so I'm just trying to think that, uh, like, if it's being written by these people, I don't know, like, there's a part of all of us that we're, we're all a little bit, it's a spectrum, right? <laughs> no, I don't know what the answer is. <laughs> I, I I mean I was you're right it could be it could be like but that's the thing that's the thing it doesn't matter because we're all allowed to project and decide for yeah. ourselves what that character yeah is is it a better answer if I just say yeah he was a closeted gay man and this was his way of doing it but if I said that I'd be lying because at the time that like I the writers never said that to me was the intent I you know what I'm saying like they were just like he's right. saying the nerdy thoughts that we all have and and my character was getting to be the the outlet for them. I think that's what makes the character of Andrew work is he's sort of, um, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right, like very uh, disconnected from his sexuality. He's kind of a, a sexless being, um, but also incredibly 
Fay um, and in a way that can be interpreted kind of any way that any of you would want. But I just sort of, the parallel I would draw is when I was 13 and closeted, I had a poster of Sarah Michelle Gellar on my wall because obviously I love Buffett Van Persler. It was my favourite show. I thought she was amazing. Um, and my mum was like, oh yeah, he has such a crush on that Sarah Michelle Gellar. Like he really fancies her. And it's just like, it's, it's, she's the perfect beard. And imagine like if you were a character in that universe, you'd be like, yeah, no, I really like, I'm totally straight. I have the hot for the Slayer. Like, yeah, that, that that's, oh, she's, oh, yeah, look at her hair. It's, it's so shiny. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like you do at, at a certain age, you do like you, you think it's a crush. Right. Well, that's what I, I mean. You, there are, there are so many different levels to having a crush. Like, yeah, yeah, you definitely, you did have a crush on Sarah Michelle Geller, and it was like, but it was a lot of things. It was, uh, it was a talent crush. It was, uh, I want to be like that. I, you know, like there's so many, or did it at this specifically you at that point in your life where you like, no, I'm attracted to boys and I just love her. Cause it was, it was a very much a combination of, um, I love the way, oh my God, like Buffy's leather jackets are so cool. And I think I could rock a cross necklace, but also David Boreanaz is very tall. And that is interesting to me in a way that I would like to explore. <laughs> yeah, there's just, there's a lot. That, we went deep. <laughs> it is a delight to talk to you as always. Um, Philip, thank you for co-hosting with me. Um, if you all like Slayer Fest 98, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else you get your podcasts. And you can support us on Patreon, where we are currently covering uh, Harley Quinn, and I'm going through Buffy Season 7 with my mother. Um, she's a big Buffy fan, doesn't remember shit. What? <laughs> um, what are you going to do? What's your personality going to be when you get to the last episode of the show? Like, what will you have? You'll have nothing left. Well, asshole, I will have Angel to go to another <laughs> show you were on. Um, but also, uh, I might be doing I'm, some other things. I'm roasting him. That's called, that's called, um, is that a read? Was that a read? That was, that roasting. was a Gays read. are allowed to do this to each other. So don't, if you're listening to this, don't think I'm being mean to him. We're doing, we're allowed to say these mean things to each other because we're friends. <laughs> we are friends. Listen, Tom, I'm just happy you didn't make fun of me for my Sam Geller painting that's behind my head, which I know you've seen before. <laughs> I won't make fun of your, your painting. Um, <laughs> thanks for having me on your show. Oh, I know I was going to say there was a quote for, a quote from Mindy Kaling and she said, this is Mindy Kaling. I'm constantly in a state of improvement, but I don't beat myself up over it, which is like, okay, so like, so even if I am a monster, just know that I'm working on it and I can't, like, I can do bad things because I'm, I've told you now that I'm working on it, right? Is that, is that the same thing? That feels very, uh, you're getting ahead of it. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, um, Patreon, subscribe to it. That would be great. If you want to follow SlayerFest98 on social media, we are at SlayerFestX98. If you want to follow me, I am at Carlos. Philip, where can everyone find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Philip underscore Ellis uh, and also on Instagram at Philip Ellis. I'm trying to build more of a following there for reasons um, that I can't discuss right now, but I would like some more followers, please. <laughs> His OnlyFans is dropping soon. Uh, and and uh, Tom, where can everyone find you? <laughs> Um, at Tommy Lank on Instagram and TikTok Ooh, and Tom Lank on Twitter. I'm hip. I have a, I have a TikTok video that has 2.9 million views. So take that. <laughs> but I don't have very many, I don't have very many followers. So follow me there. <laughs> uh, well, I follow you there. So there's that. Thank you. Thank you for your support. <laughs> All right, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye.